0: This episode of Tend Her Wild is being sponsored by Revival in downtown Iowa City. Revival is a woman-owned apparel and clothing store for women with a curated selection of new and used vintage clothing. A place where a group of badass ladies can help you own your own personal expression no matter the budget. Revival is independently owned and operated by Sheila Davison, who is a fierce advocate for women's health rights. We love you, Sheila. Inspired by the question we ask each of our guests, we partnered with local jewelry designer Maid Community to create a special earring design called the Door Collection. You can find these pieces in store or online at Revival, Iowa City
1: this season. Which door did you go through to become a wild woman? You can wear the earrings that match that. Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast your questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Tender Wild podcast listeners, we are excited to have one of our dear friends and wise humans, one of the wisest humans on earth that I know, who is here again today with us to talk about a really important topic of wintering as we go into these colder months. So let me give you the official uh, introduction to this Lovely human. This is Monica Bazile. She is a professional midwife, a Reiki master teacher, a licensed massage therapist, and a visual artist. She has more than 25 years of experience as a healer, midwife educator, and she is passionate about helping people experience beauty, enchantment, connection to the earth, and inner peace through honoring the seasonal and cyclical transformations of life. And that's what we are here to really talk about because you are such an expert on cycles and, um, liminal spaces, sort of tuning into these transitional times. And so we, I'm personally excited to have you talk about wintering because it's something I don't like. <laughs> I know.
0: I, I echo that. I, I, I'm excited to have this conversation with someone that can really be in touch with the beauty of each season. Cause I know that's who you are. Mm
1: how you can help us do the same. Thank so you. welcome. Thank you welcome. for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. We love oh. it. So you do have a story that you once did not like winter either. So oh, yeah. Yeah, will yeah. you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like both of you, I mean, I struggled with winter
2: for a really long time and I still struggle with winter. Um, and I mean, it, it is really undeniable that winter is just hard. Like Mm. it's challenging. There's a lot. Um, and you know, I know that for some people like winter is their favorite season. They really love it. They love the festive things and the snow and some people do winter sports, which, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, so I, I, I understand some people love it, but you know, it's, it's pretty undeniable that, um, you know, there are some things that are just more challenging yeah. in this season, right? It's, you know, we have less light, it's cold, transportation, um, headaches, um, snow removal, all of the, you know, coats and hats and... Um, and I mean, too, I think it's really important to acknowledge that for people who are houseless or who are experiencing mm-hmm. you know economic or food insecurity, like winter so can be hard. like so brutal, you know, so it like all of that is really real um and seasonal affective disorder, like mental health can be a, a big challenge in winter mm-hmm. time too, so yeah, like winter is um you know it it gives us a pretty big challenge
0: as humans. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was I was thinking about how winter feels like the season that's most in charge mm-hmm. of the seasons. So, mm-hmm. like you can plant, be planning a trip or planning to do something, and winter will just be like, "Nope, <laughs> yes, <laughs> shutting the it no down." So no, it feels very much like we're at the mercy sometimes of winter. Yeah, like mm-hmm. our plans, best laid plans, um, because the winter weather can just charge.
2: It's true. It's true. And, you know, I think um, like we we introduced this topic as wintering and I really love the idea of wintering as a a verb. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something about just kind of like thinking about approaching the season as like something we can do consciously, like a practice Versus like a, a thing that just happens to us. Right. Mm. And I think you're right. Like sometimes, yes, like the the weather is just like, nope, like <laughs> I'm today. the plan. Your plans don't <laughs> matter. Um, but yeah, wintering as like a practice has been like thinking about things in that way um, has been a big part of like my personal transformation in terms of like my relationship with the season and how I've learned to uh, befriend it. So how would you describe
1: wintering? Yeah, I'm like, how, Mm. yeah, how do we do this?
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think it can look different ways for different people. Um, I think that I would describe wintering as an intentional relationship with the invitation of the earth Mm. in this time of the year. So, I mean, I think that the earth gives us an opportunity in winter to hibernate, to go a little bit more inward and to reflect, to grieve. And these are, you know, things that I think in our kind of dominant culture, like we're not very encouraged to do. Um, You know, there's this idea of just kind of like linear time, right? Like we always want to be doing more and getting better. And like the earth tells us we need time to, you know, take a pause and go, go dormant for a little while, right? Like the fields need to go fallow before, um, you know, they can produce again. And in our production centric society, um, it can be really difficult to kind of reorient to the season of wintering. So yeah, I guess for me, wintering is about, you know, taking that invitation from, from the earth to go a
1: little bit more inward. And I wanna know if just from your own personal story did you reach a a moment like a really hard negative <laughs> I'm yeah. imagining you shoveling snow and being like I'm moving Ooh. to California or oh, something yes. like that that made you reach this point of more consciously I mean I don't think I've reached that point yet but I'm I'm so curious about your story cuz mm-hmm. I want to reach a place of acceptance and kind of embracing of this season of winter, but I don't think I'm there yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really I hated winter for such a long time for such a long time. It was like, it was almost like a part of my personality um, mm. or a part of my <laughs> identity. Like I was winter hating Monica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. That was like every year it'd be like shoveling snow and saying, I'm going to move to California. It was pretty intense and I think like any entrenched belief that becomes a part of your identity, like my dislike of winter started to like impede me from fully living, mm. I feel like. It took like point. a season off almost. With yeah, life. I was just, I was in such a bad mood Yeah, and like every time like autumn would roll around, I'd be like, oh no, like Winter's now, coming. Yes, coming. Winter I can't even coming.
1: appreciate I, these leaves because it means right. it's. are yeah. yes, <laughs> describing it me like, to a T. I
2: Oh, I would go into like total despair. Um, and, you know, at some point, I think I just realized, like, okay, yes, winter is a reality, and like, maybe I can have some like influence over my experience. Like, I don't have to. Like, I don't have to exist in this perpetual state of crabbiness every year for, like, three to six months. Like, that's, like, half of your lifetime. (laughs) i thought about that. In fact, (laughs)
1: just the other, like, last week when it got cold, I started to do the math. And I'm like, wow, this is, like, four to five months that I have to live through this. So it's so funny that you just said that. I was, like, mentally doing the math. I was like, okay, so I get three good months of weather and then I... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not a great way to live. Yeah. No.
2: no. So, yeah, I just like I decided, OK, like I'm going to I'm going to see what I can do to just help myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um. so, you know, probably it was probably 10 years ago I decided, OK, I'm going to try to get one of those like uh, lights for people with seasonal affective disorder. Because uh-huh. I was like, maybe this is my problem is like I need one of these phototherapy lights and that's going to help me. And I tried it and, um, like, I also am very photosensitive. Um, so bright lights trigger migraines for me. And so the, the seasonal effective light, it did not work for me at Mm -hmm. all. Like it, it made me feel worse actually. Um, and so, I kind of I tried that for like a year and I gave up on that. Um, And what I realized um, at some point was that I don't need more like electric bright light Mm -hmm. like I need more darkness and I need more earth light. And so, working with candlelight Mm -hmm. and earthlight started becoming a really important practice for me. Ooh, tell me about (gasps)
1: earthlight. I don't know. I know.
2: Earthlight. Yeah. I mean, earthlight, fire, candles, and there's a quality of light that is of the earth that's really different Mm -hmm. um, from you know light bulbs, manufactured light, quote unquote manufactured light, and like humans are of the earth and are. Our inventions are of the earth in a certain way, too, you know, like I don't want to create a false dichotomy there. But working with candles has been really important for me. And one of the practices that I love and I love to share with people is just the simple practice of lighting a candle at sunset. The loss of light has been like that's a, a
1: part of what's been really hard for me in the winter.
2: It gets dark so early. Oh,
1: I know. It was 4.47 yesterday. Yes. I was talking about this with my kid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so I used to always be like, oh, no. Like, there was this time of the day that I would just dread of like, oh, no, it's getting dark so early and like just feeling so like sad about it. And so I was like, how do I make this part of the day that I dread and into something different? How can I reframe that mm-hmm. um, and make it something to look forward to and honor and make beautiful, you know, and it's like, there are all these little ways, right, that we can kind of transform our relationship to things that are inevitable, like it's inevitable, it's going to get dark. And so um, I started this practice of just lighting a candle Mm -hmm. at sunset, and the candlelight would sort of take me across that threshold. And it was like a partner, like a hand holder to me across that threshold from light into dark and sitting in the darkness just with this earth light was like this moment of, it's a moment of reverence. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a moment of sweetness and beauty and magic. And that has been um, a really transformative practice. And I I do it. um, I've been doing it with my partner, Recently, this year, we've just started doing it again, and it's so nice, mm-hmm. and we have a you know a hot drink, tea or cider, and um, we've been reading to each other lately, mm-hmm. and so it's just become this like, oh, this time of day that could be really uh, dreadful has become really beautiful,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and I love the magic of that that moment, because yeah, they do say that there is always sort of magic between like when the dark goes away and the light comes or the light goes away and the dark comes. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought about that, that moment it's powerful. And, but I think of it more, in the summer watching the sunset or mm-hmm. being on a beach watching the sunset and that moment the sun goes away and you get that little burst of blue or yes. but I've never thought about it the other way. And winter right? sunsets Going,
2: can be so beautiful, yeah. right? Like once yeah. I stopped resisting the idea that there could be beauty in winter then I started finding it. That's such a great
0: L- lesson <laughs> right? Because it always is there Yeah. once you look for things they start to show up right. more. I'm reflecting on being a fire sign as a Sagittarius Mm -hmm. because I light fires in my house all the time. I'm starting to think that there's definite connection because my husband's, you know, coming behind me often, like blowing out my candles (laughs) or like this one's been on too long. And um, but we light fires now almost every night. Mm. And it is it's. Even our kids, like, end up coming up from upstairs or or down from upstairs or vice versa, gathering around the fire. It becomes kind of this calling thing for our family. Mm -hmm. So I do think fire, there is magic in fire. And we are doing it, we're lighting one, you know, on a Tuesday. You know, we had one last night. Um, So I, I think there is something about that. Embracing that type of light. I never thought of it as earth light. Earth I, mean, I know.
2: Thing. It's a really cool term. I mean, yeah, way to that's think of beautiful. It. And
0: there, there's something
2: so human mm-hmm. about gathering with others yeah. around fire. fire or a candle.
0: Um, I think that's really beautiful. You're doing that with your family right now. Yeah. But, but now I, I feel like I can do it with a little more intention and yeah. thought. And I didn't realize, but I I do. I've always loved fire. Mm -hmm. I love fire. So I'm a Sag
2: rising too. You are. Or no, I'm a Sag sun. I'm a Sag sun. Yeah. Um, You guys both
1: are Sagittarius fire women.
2: Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, and what you just said too about intention is so important, I think, to uh, the concept of wintering. and, And it's been important to me in terms of how I've learned to winter well, is just approaching it with some intention rather than just like... Standing around and letting it wash over. Like, you know, and there, I mean, from time immemorial, we've had all these parables and stories and folk tales about preparing for winter and those who prepare and those who don't. And, you know, it's not just about, like, in agrarian societies, like gathering your harvest or the way that, you know, animals um, prepare for winter, but, you know, the animals have lessons for us. And I think. For me and for a lot of people kind of in our contemporary society here, like it's about preparing the heart, Mm. like preparing the heart and the mind and like just reckoning kind of Mm. with like, okay, like we're going into this season. I'm going to gather my tools around me. I'm going to gather like, you know, who are my people that I can keep checking in with? Like, what, where are my soup recipes? Right. You know, like, yeah. where, do I have a good stash of candles? Um, and that, that intention is such a
1: huge piece of it. Yeah. Mm. So we've talked about lighting a candle as one of the practices you're doing. And I'm curious what else you are doing. Like, I want the snapshot mm-hmm. into Monica's life and how she's embraced winter <laughs> so that yeah. I, can, I can learn how to do this myself. So what other things do you feel like have really shifted your yeah. Relationship to winter.
2: Well, the other really big thing that shifted my approach and feeling about winter is going outside. Um, and really? Yeah. I don't want to yes, hear that. No, <laughs> I resisted it for <sighs> so long too. like, OK, like I just have to stay inside and stay warm. But um, there was one year where I just decided, OK, I'm going to try going for a hike every day. Wow. And I mean, I did, I went out almost every day and I still, I still do. But that winter that I started doing that was when things really shifted for me. Mm. And, um, you know, unless it was like polar vortex, 30 degrees below zero, or like we were having an ice storm, like I was out hiking, um, at Hickory Hill, one of our local parks. And that was so transformative to me because, I think that part of what has made winter hard for me is feeling like a that lack of connection to the earth in a yeah, way. Like right. it's so easy like in every other season like to spend a lot of time outside and be nourished by the outdoors and by nature. And I you know, I'm an introvert and so the relative sort of isolation from other humans in the winter time that doesn't bother me that <laughs> much. Fine. I'm I'm great <laughs> with that. I love that actually. Um I, You know, no one wants complete isolation, of course, Um, but the thing that I think was really hard for me was feeling isolated from the earth, like feeling Mm -hmm. isolated from like a sense that the earth is alive. And so the thing that happens when you start walking outside and the thing that happened for me was I became really aware of how much the earth is still like so very alive Mm -hmm. in the wintertime. The birds are out there doing their thing. All the chickadee songs are so beautiful. Um, there, You see, like, different migratory birds that you don't see other times of year. The bald eagles mm-hmm. in this part of the country are hanging out. Like, you don't see bald eagles other times of the year, but there they are in in January. Um, and it, for me, became this, like, oh, beautiful awareness of, like, there's no the earth is not dead <laughs> the earth is so alive and the creatures of the earth are still alive and there's nothing like walking through a snowy forest and seeing like you know the little the frost on you know the the branches and seeing a deer across the way that you're walking with and you can see like all through the trees and and of course like just in terms of your body, like you get warm, you get warm from the inside, like going outside and walking. Like the first five minutes are terrible, (laughs) (laughs) but then it's like, Oh wait, I feel good. I feel warm. Right. So, um, that for me has just, it's changed everything to just keep going outside. And especially, I mean, just walking around your neighborhood is great too. Um, because, you know, even like in urban spaces, you know, there are birds, yeah. there are, mm-hmm. you know, trees. But especially like going out to forest. a park or forest and hiking. Mm. Oh, mm. it's so good. You have it's to so have so the renewing. right clothes, get the right clothes and then Yeah. 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 And like up. actually I remember too when I just decided, okay, I'm just gonna invest in a in a big puffy winter coat. And like I don't know why I hadn't done that. I mean Big winter coats are expensive, yes, but, like, they last for, like, yeah. a decade or more, right, if you get a nice coat. Yeah. So, yeah, like, just being willing to, like, just bundle up. Mm-hmm. Like, don't mess around. You know, there's that Nordic saying of, like, there's no bad weather, only bad clothing. Mm. <laughs> and, I you know, I, I mean, I realize that saying comes from a place of privilege as well. But, like, you know, if you can get really good clothing and go out into the world
1: in it. Oh, yeah. it changes things. We did that during COVID. Yeah. we like, yeah, A lot of we were, more people yeah. went out even in the winter. We embraced winter. I learned
0: to snowshoe. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if you'd have told me before that, like next winter, you're going to snowshoe. I would have laughed at you because I'm like, I don't, I, I take a pause January through March. And yeah. mm-hmm. like, but I, we walked outside every single day. Um, just it became part of our routine and, and and I do think breathing in the cold air, there's a yeah. lot of health benefits to that mm. too that we don't often think about, but it's, um, it does, I think it makes you more healthy.
1: Yeah. I'm having this big awareness right now that um, I, well, I'm a skier and whenever I go out to Colorado, I love it. I love it. Mm. But I was thinking it's that I loved Colorado Oh, and you're just helping me understand right now that the reason I love it out there is probably because I'm outside moving mm-hmm. good clothes on it, it's and I just same, don't think about doing yeah. it here right so then I just get stuck you know inside
2: Pretend you're in Colorado. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah.
1: going to yeah. find a hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The mountain, the, the lack of mountains, but yeah, you know, I will. Uh, yeah. But there's, there's so there's much, so much beauty, beauty here. I agree. Yeah.
2: I went snowshoeing for the first time last year and it was same. I never thought yeah. I would do that. Like I'm not that person, but actually like let's expand our ideas of what kind of people we are. i right. like, yes, I loved it. Yeah. I loved
0: it. I had so much fun. Mm. It, it is really fun. Uh, I, yeah, I look forward to doing it again. So, um, so there's the things we can do in our homes mm-hmm. and there's the things that we can connect with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that is, comes up for you or, or rituals that you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think one of my other favorite things to
0: do, and a lot of people do this in this
2: season, um, is to write letters mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not as good about it as I could be, but I think, you know, this practice of like sending cards around the holidays, I think we do that for a really good reason. And I think it's this way of reaching out to other people that is kind of, it's more quiet. Um, yeah. It's more quiet, it's more reflective, and it invites this moment of like, you know, when you receive a letter from a friend Oh, it just you invites. Don't get those you. anymore. Oh rarely. my gosh! Well, if you if you send a letter,
0: you, you tend you to, have get to get a get letter one back. Oh. You
2: have to send letters. to That's a to good get challenge them.
0: for our listeners. Yeah, about someone you can, you can, write during this time. Right. A note just too. Send a
2: letter. And for me, like sometimes I get really in my head about it. Of like, is my handwriting like? Does my handwriting look good? Or am I going to say the right thing? But I found that the best way to sit down and write a letter is like when you're thinking of a person. Just sit down and just start writing and then just let it be what it is. And like, I have a a good friend, my friend, Rachel, um, who I've been friends with since I was a teenager. And she's such a good letter writer. And I'll get these letters from her and they might just be like one or two pages. Like, and it's not like this big, long, you know, Jane (laughs) Austen-esque letter, although those are great, too. And sometimes they are that. But like even just getting a couple of pages of like hey i saw this thing and i thought about you and this is what's happening and how are you oh
1: it's, how like it's so different so than a text cuz i, I yeah. am like aware that in some ways letter writing is a lost art form mm-hmm. because now we can literally send a text to someone in the moment be like i'm thinking of you We can even voice text it, right? Like, but how do you feel like a letter is different than getting a text Mm -hmm. from someone?
2: Well, texting is great and voice messages are great. Um, But a letter, what happens when you get a letter is it invites you into this moment of quiet and it invites you into a space. Like oftentimes I'll get a letter and I won't read it right away. Like I'll wait till I'm in the bath. Mm. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things to do. Or I'll wait till, you know, I'm just having a cozy moment like in my day and I'll sit and I'll read the letter and there's something too about like seeing a physical the physicality of like mm. someone's handwriting and a piece of paper and you're holding it in your hand like there's something that feels so tangible and connective about that that's just really different that person's uh, voice hasn't been filtered through
1: you know, technology, technology. <laughs> yeah. like that's just... And just holding on to your phone is buzzy, right? Yeah. Versus like a letter yeah. feels literally viscerally
0: yeah. yes.
2: different. It's so different. I mean, you probably share in this too. I know you do. Like you get a million texts every yeah. day and some of them are like ads and some of them are like even spam texts now, which is really weird. Um, you know, like I... There's a the thing about just... Oh, the constant ding of the phone that is kind of more, it can be connective to, to, you know, connect to your friends that way, but it's on a different level. I agree.
1: And it feels like, um, it's so much more of a gift. Yeah. Like someone really took time to write and to my mom is a master letter writer. She mm. writes literally, I don't know, You've five, six a day. Mm. She always has. It's, she, Does it's she, like, send them all. Yes. She had, I feel like it's part of her life purpose wow. is she sends, you know, birthday cards, anniversary cards, birth cards, death cards. I mean, she, and then she will often, for my children, they do something and she'll take a picture and cut it out and put it on the card. So it's almost like they have, um, memory cards that come from their Oma around this concert that you were in. I mean, it's a Aww. gift and I've saved every single one of them Aww. and I know someday, but I That's really so see beautiful. that what she does is like a real labor of love and gift. Yeah. Um, so you're, but I didn't pick that up. And so you're really inspiring me right now in this moment yeah. to My grandmother be more engaged with it. Your grandmother a did it letter too. writer, She can't anymore, but... Mm. She wrote letters and, and journaled.
0: I think I've talked about my Grandma B being yeah. so ahead of her time on, like, all of these things. But, um, but the yeah, the letters from Grandma mm-hmm. uh, were always special. And there was never – there was always something written. And sometimes she would just tell you what she had for lunch. But it was, <laughs> like, this beautiful, like, sharing um, – that made you feel like she sat and thought about you. And yeah, wanted, and so it is a real connection. I didn't expect that today though. Mm. Like when I was the thinking, letter oh, writing. writing, I yeah. know, I, didn't I have this image of Monica either. with a candle <laughs> in the dark <laughs> writing letters now mm. that like is such a beautiful image. Um,
1: the hot wow. cup of steaming tea <laughs> next to her. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know about the, um, cause I really truly haven't thought about this, the emotional, psychological, sort of benefits of conscious wintering Mm,
2: mm
1: -hmm. I want to know about that too (laughs) Mm. I
2: well I can share my own experience about that Um, I feel like since I have started wintering intentionally um, I'm able to just be um, I'm able to just be more more present in life. Um, like we said, it's about, it's like about half the year in, in this part of the of the world. Um, and like, for me, honestly, I don't feel like, and this is just my experience, but I don't consider myself to, you know, have seasonal affective disorder anymore. Like there was a time when I was like, okay, this is, this is definitely true for me. I'm definitely struggling in this way. And you know i'm I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a mental health professional. I can't speak to that for anybody else. But I know for me, it's really been it's really transformed my just my whole approach to being with like being with what is. Do you know what I mean? And that's sort of a big um, that's a big a big subject, right? Yeah but um. Yeah, I don't, and I feel like I'm still transforming in a way. I feel like I'm still learning how to winter well. Um, I feel like I'm still allowing myself to experience some of the joy and magic of wintertime. I feel like the other thing, too, that has been a benefit for me of intentionally wintering has been, I feel just like I have a little bit more. Influence over like how i'm how I'm feeling, so like there's this thing that happens, especially in December, where winter holidays are happening, family gatherings might be happening, um there's all of this commercialism, and there's this sort of like tyranny of joy that happens mm-hmm. around this Journey time of joy that's like yay, it's yeah. festive, like, be happy. And, like, it's also, like, a time where, like, a lot of us are thinking about loved ones who aren't with us anymore and we're grieving their presence in our lives. And, you know, we're contending with, like, it's just very complicated. I agree. Yes. And so but we don't give space to no. feel yeah. that. But we can. But we can. But we can. And I think that, like, for me, Intentional wintering has given me just like a feeling like I can create a little more space and like I can choose kind of where my attention goes, like what I give my energy to. You don't have to participate in all of the things of this season that can be really challenging. And you can set up like self-care practices around maybe family gatherings that might be challenging Um you can refuse to go into the mall,
1: <laughs> you know, like. Or wear a right. hat when you go in. That's how I survive. <laughs> right. like, uh, keep my head covered. <laughs> it's your yeah. mall shield. My mall <laughs> shield. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's very um, true.
2: Yeah. And like, just like inviting more rest. I think there's a reason why, you know, when we don't have as much light, but we try to pretend that things are as they are in the summertime. Yeah, and be as productive terrible. Terrible. and moving around as much. We're going to more in the yeah. winter. That's yeah. the,
0: the pattern of nature. And you're right, we fight that. Yeah. We almost mm-hmm. do the, the opposite. Yeah. So it is. It's that acceptance of what is that I
2: think allows us to just like change, change the approach. Mm. Just give ourselves a little more grace and a little more space.
1: Yeah, and I'm just thinking that winter actually does provide more space to say no, right? Like, no, it's the weather's not good. I'm not going to get on the roads or no, I'm not feeling well. Or, you know, like it gives us more space to actually carve that out. Um, which I think as I'm thinking about it for me, that's really powerful mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know, have more space to just be still. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the summer, that's much harder to do, but I think we're not supposed to in the summer. There's mm-hmm. more of an energy of like, Getting out. Getting out and engaging and mm-hmm. yeah. so. And I think, too, like, I think we need
2: support, you know, in in approaching things this way, too, because it's so easy to just kind of, like, get swept up in yeah. all of the busyness. Like, I really feel in the wintertime, like, I get a sense of who my, like, really solid people are mm. in my life um, because they're the people that I want to turn to and check in with. And like, that is so important, um, to have, you know, to have that support from others who might be intentionally wintering too, just to share, you
1: know, share that
2: experience with.
1: I love it. So you brought us these gorgeous, amazing boxes today, and we're going to put a picture, um, in our show notes. And will you tell us about this gorgeous box and mm-hmm. also this really powerful course you're offering to people who are resonating today. Like, Oh, I want to learn how to approach winter differently.
2: Yeah, sure. So, well, the course, um, I'll tell the story of the course actually, and then I'll tell you about the boxes, but the story of the course is that, uh, in 2020, uh, the first winter of the pandemic, I was um, trying to figure out like my body work practice had closed and I had all of these people in my community who I would normally be sort of like helping through the winter time. And I was trying to figure out like how can I um, how can I offer something to this community of people that I work with um, to help them through the winter and to help myself through the winter to know that I have a community too. Um, and so I decided to record a bunch of practices. Um, so a bunch of guided meditations and yoga nidra practices and videos for different embodiment practices, and just share those with those folks because we couldn't do it in person. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also created a little care package, um, that I wanted to send to people. And so the solstice box that you have now is, um, the next iteration of, that care package and the course that I'm offering now is kind of the next iteration of, of that program too. So in the box, um, the box I consider to be sort of like a, a toolkit for mindful wintering in a way I call it the solstice box. Um, and so there is, um, I I've made a couple of herbal products. So there's a tea blend um, that's really grounding and warming. Um, there's a, Herbal body butter bar, you know, it's meant to nourish our skin. Winter can be so hard on, Mm. on the skin. Um, And that has some um, calendula and comfrey infused oils from my garden. So Mm. it's sort of the summer living on in a way. And then um, I've created a couple of um, handmade uh, things as well. So there's a journal, a blank journal um, that I did a, a print for the cover and um, they're all hand printed individually. And then I made this candle holder um, and the candle holder um, is a glass candle holder. You put your beeswax candle in there, you get a beeswax candle too. And it's, you know, it's just meant to be um, there for you for any ritual practices that you might want to do, whether it's, um, you know, a candle at sunset or honoring the winter solstice. Candlelight is a really traditional way to honor the winter solstice. Um and I have to say about this candle holder, I, so I, I've i been loving drawing ferns. So everything is sort of fern themed um, in this box, but I drew these ferns around the side of the candle holder and I thought, yeah, that looks nice. And I was like, let's try it out. And I lit it, I put the candle inside of it. I turned off the light and lo and behold, there was this beautiful shadow that, The candle holder casts and it looks like a snowflake. Mm. Like it looks like this beautiful dancing snowflake, Mm. which I had no idea that it was going to be um, that magical of an experience. But I'm kind of in love with this candle holder. But um,
1: I kind of am too. I I can't wait to to (laughs) light mine.
2: And so the course is um, the course runs from uh, winter solstice through. Uh, spring equinox. And so it's, you know, I think it is really important. Like you said earlier, Kate, like from January to March, you're just like checked out kind of sometimes or have been in the past. And, you know, I think December can be, it can be a little easier to, um, you know, like you might be gathering with family. Like there are all yeah. these ways of like um, kind of cultivating a sense of wonder or connection that are, you know, sometimes built into some of the celebrations that happen but for a lot of people like after January it's like mm-hmm. oh that's mm-hmm. when things seem really bleak so the course that I'm offering um, goes all the way through Spring Equinox so it's sort of a,
0: a hand holding through that time
2: yes yes it's like a doula through the winter yeah. season it's a hand holder yeah. um, and so every month there's a different theme Um. so in uh, January we're tending to um, the threshold moments. January is a threshold Mm. moment of the year. And so we're working on fortifying around different threshold moments. February is all about hope Mm. and tending to the heart. Um, February for me and for a lot of people is sort of like the darkest time of the winter because like we're just tired of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But actually February, the beginning of February in terms of the, um, you know, the wheel of the year that is celebrated all around the world in different ways. Um, pretty strong in like Celtic cultures and Northern European cultures. But um, there's a holiday that comes at the beginning of February called Imbolc, which is mm-hmm. actually the beginning of spring. It's a cross quarter day.
1: And my daughter's birthday.
0: It's yes. Her birthday. That's yes. Right.
2: Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's ha- it's the halfway point between. The winter solstice and the spring equinox and you know all of those little seeds are like under the ground like getting ready and so since I started observing that that juncture of the year um I have felt so much more hope around that time um and so we're kind of nurturing and nourishing the hope in our hearts at that time and then March is about um grounding and balancing, um, you know, welcoming the equinox. So there are, there's, there are weekly practices throughout the course. There's, uh, journal prompts and affirmations that you get. Um, there's recorded practices that are more embodiment practices. So things like, um, lymphatic massage to help Mm. with the immune system practices for opening the shoulders. You know, we all get so hunched up in the wintertime trying to protect from the cold, Um, there's yoga nidra recordings and other guided meditations that kind of have to do with the theme of the month. And then the thing I'm doing this time around that I didn't do the first time is, um, I'm creating more community. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing. The first time I offered this, um, I, I thought of it as a guided self care journey. And so I came to realize through that experience that people were really craving more connection with other people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, As I'm offering the course right now, we're doing a monthly live circle. Um, So right around the time of the new moon. And then I'm creating like a course community as well for people to be able to connect with each other. So that's what it looks like. And we're we're starting in December. We start December 16th. And solstice boxes will go out um, so that people will have them for the solstice. We're doing sort of a welcome ceremony on the 16th. And people can sign up through... uh, December
1: 8th. Beautiful. Where can yeah. they find this information? Mm,
2: yeah, just on my website, which is ravenandmagnolia.com.
1: Well, I officially signed up yesterday. Oh, and thank I'm you going for to sign up out. after mm-hmm. today, too. I'm, I'm so excited to have you. And, and I am inspired to actually yeah. approach these coming months differently. I think now is the time for me Maybe to make this hold, shift. we can hold each other accountable. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You know, that Or share great. things that, that we do, because I, I
0: think... Different ideas too from one another of like you know what we did we yeah you know hiked this area or we beautiful yes totally and that's what
2: I'm so excited to have that community aspect yeah um, of the journey this time because we need that Mm -hmm. and you know you're you're going to be coming into a circle of lots of other people who are just beautiful souls and. Um slash winter haters. No, okay. <laughs> yes. You know? But it's so it's so Turning great to into
0: be. winter lovers. Yes. 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 It's good to be willing to transform. Yeah. Yeah. Monica, you always feel like a bomb. Oh. Mm. That's a great you. description. For, Kate. for whatever is ailing. <laughs> <laughs> and today it's you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about moving into this winter time and, and so the experiences you provide and your even your voice and how you you know share your own wisdom is it's very much like a bomb so thank you for mm. being with us and thank you, kate. continuing to make us think differently about about what we have frankly control over um mm. being more present yeah mm-hmm. yeah thank you monica thank you betsy thank you kate and now the amazing
1: singer-songwriter lissy morris with wild west thanks for joining us today If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.